Life Management Science Labs would like to acknowledge that we live and produce this podcast on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands of our listeners and our international colleagues. We'd like to thank and pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Hello everyone and welcome to Work in Progress, the personal productivity science insights podcast produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs. We are champions of life management science, providing structured insights informed by science and inspired by practice on key aspects of conscious living. Each week we bring you scientific and practical insights on each element with expert knowledge of professionals in the field. I'm your host Joanna, let's get started. Hi everyone and welcome back to Work in Progress. I am your host Joanna and today we're going to be talking about digital addiction, more specifically how digital addiction affects our attention spans which can sometimes lead to reduced productivity. And today I'm joined by Gulis Ur. Gulis is an assistant professor of management information systems at the School of Business at Sakarya University in Turkey. And she specializes in the field of management information systems. Hi, Gulis. How are you today? Hello, I'm fine. How are you? I'm great, thank you. It's so great to have you here with us today. Um, Just for those of us who don't know you, would you like to introduce yourself with a bit about who you are and what it is you do? Um, as you said, I'm the assistant professor of management information systems at Sakarya Business School in Turkey. Uh, I get my um, bachelor's degree and master's degree and doctorate degree at uh, business informatics and management information systems. Uh, and also uh, prior to my academic career, I uh, worked in uh, industry in the area of business and management for uh, over five years. Uh, And my research uh, interests uh, include uh, social social psychological theories, diffusion of innovations uh, and behavioral aspects of emerging technologies and also digital uh, addictions. Uh, And uh, I like to give courses on management information systems, human computer interaction and social media. Uh, and that's me. Beautiful. And no, that's amazing. Thank you for that. And how did you get into this line of work? What made you want to pursue this? Um, actually, uh, I am inspired of my aunt. Uh, my uh, aunt is physics professor. Uh, Aisha Nuzel, and uh, she's uh, also working uh, in Turkey, in Istanbul University. And uh, I watched her in my childhood, uh, and I wanted to be an academician, actually, because I like to speak, uh, I like to get in touch with uh, young people. uh, And uh, it is uh, fascinating. to do the work that you love to do uh, and also uh, I like my courses and my interests uh, I I like my hobbies so uh, I am a lucky person in terms of doing what uh, I like. Yeah that's a lovely way to put it and I'm so glad that you're able to do what you love. Um, I know that you look at like behavioral aspects of like technologies. Um, can you share what you've like found most interesting about that? Uh, actually, the most uh, important 
uh, and maybe a um, terrifying thing is uh, the digital uh, things getting in touch uh, so much with uh, technology uh, affects our brain. Uh, so if we have time, I, I also want to talk about digital demands uh, because uh, it uh, it presents that digital uh, surrounding, the technological surrounding around us uh, changes how we behave, how we think and how our brain works. Uh, but through the show, uh, through the podcast, uh, I will talk about this by your questions, hopefully. Yeah, great. I'm sure we'll get time to talk about that. So I look forward to it. Um, I'd love to move into some more personal questions now where we can just get to know you and maybe even some of those hobbies that you mentioned as well. And moving on to books, do you have like a favorite book or anything that you've been reading recently that you love? Uh, actually, uh, my favorite uh, book and also my, my favorite movie is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. But uh, because we are on a podcast about digital addiction, uh, I can uh, say that one of my uh, favorite books about digital addiction is uh, Irresistible, The Rise of Addictive Technology and the Business of Keeping Us Hooked by Adam Alter. Uh, it offers insights into the addictive nature of technology and explores the psychology behind our digital behaviors. But also, uh, I uh, advise people to read Charlie and the Chocolate Factory because uh, it is an exciting book uh, and also it helps us to have different uh, perspectives uh, when um, criticizing people. Yeah, they both sound like lovely recommendations and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is such a lovely movie to watch as well. So <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad you talked about that one. And moving on to podcasts. Oh, uh, I skipped movie actually. That's uh, okay. Uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory uh, is a favorite movie. Yes, but yeah. uh, I should mention the social dilemma because we are talking oh, about yeah. digital addiction, yeah. uh, and this is a, a tough-provoking documentary. Uh, explores the dark side of social media. Uh, and uh, raises awareness about the impact of digital technology on society and individuals' lives. Also, in my uh, um, social media course, uh, we are watching uh, three minutes uh, parts of the uh, social dilemma, and we are talking, discussing with my students. Uh, I uh, advise I uh, people to uh, watch the social dilemma. It is approximately ninety minutes but it's worth uh, 90 minutes of our lives instead of um, TikTok videos. Uh, and uh, when I talk about the podcast, uh, the productivity show why Asian efficiency provides practical tips, strategies, and interviews on personal productivity, time management, and optimizing workflows. And it helps individuals find a balance in their digital lives. Uh, people can watch the productivity show, but Please uh, hesitate to get uh, in so much uh, podcast fluff days, so uh, to not be a digital addictor. Yeah, for sure. And I think Social Dilemma is actually a really great one. I remember watching it and it was so scary seeing like the reality of social media and like technology. So I yes. think it's really important we watch that. These and days, the interesting especially. part is uh, when you watch it, 
I say to my students, we are in Turkey and we are um, experiencing the same things. Uh, that is um, frightening because it doesn't it uh, it doesn't occur only in our country. I wish it was just in our country and the uh, rest side of the world doesn't uh, facing these difficulties or uh, the uh, overloading um, of technology in their daily lives and uh, being uh, misinformed uh, through social media, but. Uh, this is the same for all countries and this is more frightening i think yeah definitely it's such a universal and global yes, thing yes, yes yeah so it's really important to understand that for sure i'd love to ask you if you have a famous role model or even just a role model in general in your life could be anyone you know uh, my role model uh, for my uh, academic life and uh, in my family life uh, being a mother, etc. It is uh, my auntie Aishan. But uh, if we need to talk about a, a world uh, well-known, uh, popular, uh, famous role model, Sheryl Sandberg, the chief operating officer of Facebook, can uh, be an example of my role models. She has been an influential figure uh, in the technology industry, advocating for responsible technology use, gender equality, and empowering women in leadership positions. Yeah, beautiful. And lastly, I'd like to ask you if there's a course that you've completed that's inspired you. Could be like your education or anything else. Uh, actually, I want to give an example of a course about uh, digital addiction. Uh, digital well-being, managing technology for a healthy and balanced life. This course uh, explores the effects of technology on well-being and provides strategies for developing a healthier uh, relationship with digital devices, fostering mindfulness and setting boundaries. Uh, it was a, an inspiring course that I have completed digitally. Yeah, amazing. It's great that, especially with your wealth of knowledge, that you're still able to refer back to all these that have inspired you, which is really great. And let's now move into our interview questions. So we'll get into the nitty gritty stuff. My first question for you is, over the course of your experience, how would you personally define personal productivity? Uh, personal productivity uh, shouldn't be mixed with uh, a factory's productivity. Uh, a manufacturing productivity. Uh, personal productivity can be defined as the ability to effectively manage and utilize uh, your time, energy, and resources to accomplish tasks and achieve desired goals. And also it involves optimizing efficiency, making effective use of available tools, uh, sources, technology, etc., techniques, and uh, also it includes prior prioritizing tasks based on their importance and impact. So it's like a, a project uh, management of your life or, they, or uh, of your daily routines. And uh, personal productivity is not just about being busy or completing a large number of tasks, rather it emphasizes um, achieving meaningful outcomes and maximizing your potential with a given time frame. It involves self-discipline, organization, focus, and the ability to adapt to changing circumstances to accomplish objectives efficiently. Yeah, for sure. I think 
personal productivity can be a bit complex, but I think we'll be able to break that down a bit as we talk a bit more about digital addiction throughout the episode. Now, do you think there's any misconceptions when it comes to personal productivity? Yes. Uh, one common misconception uh, people have about personal productivity is that it's solely about doing more and being constantly busy. Uh, if you are constantly busy, you feel like you are very productive. However, uh, personal productivity is not just about a quantity. It's about uh, the quality and effectiveness of your output, of your work. Simply being busy and multitasking doesn't necessarily lead to greater productivity. And also another uh, mistake people make is not understanding the importance of setting clear goals and priorities without a, a clear sense of direction and purpose. It's easy to get caught up in non-essential tasks or become overwhelmed by uh, the sheer volume of work. Uh, by identifying the most important tasks and focusing on them, individuals can make better use of their time and energy. And also, uh, additionally, some individuals under underestimate the significance of taking regular breaks, practicing self-care, and maintaining a healthy work-life balance. Rest and um, taking a breath are essential for maintaining uh, productivity in the long run. Uh, and ignoring these aspects can lead to burnout, decreased motivation, and ultimately hinder uh, personal productivity. And the last one is uh, people often uh, overlook overlook the value of uh, continuous learning and skill development. Uh, personal productivity can be enhanced by acquiring new knowledge, improving existing skills, and staying updated with the uh, latest tools and techniques. Uh, neglecting personal growth can limit one's potential and hinder overall productivity, and it will end with uh, less and less productivity, and we will be demotivated at the end of the time. So, uh, in conclusion, uh, personal productivity is not just about being busy, but rather about focusing on important tasks, maintaining a healthy work-life balance, taking breaks, and continuously resting in personal development. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's really great that we've established that at the start of this, because I personally know that I associate personal productivity as being as busy as possible and completing as many tasks as possible. But it's so important to understand that it's not about how busy you can be, but how effectively you can manage your time. And goal setting is really important. So I hope we get to talk a bit more about that as we go on as well. And getting Actually, into my... Uh, I need to add something uh, when yeah. you're talking. Uh, I remind the problem again. Uh, if our manager, uh, you can, uh, you can, maybe you are knowing how to uh, get more productive, but sometimes our managers uh, wait, uh, look forward us to be busy every time. According to our managers, the upper management or uh, the one who uh, looks uh, for our productivity, they wait, uh, they want you to be busy every time because productivity equals being busy. If you are uh, taking, uh, if you are, for example, if you are watching a movie in the work time, or if you are taking a cup of coffee, or maybe uh, you are going uh, out to the Balkan side, then it means you are lazy. But at that time, uh, I am, uh, I'm preparing for my, I'm preparing myself for a 
more productive time. But maybe our managers or uh, work routines uh, doesn't uh, take this normal. So this is another problem. The yeah. problem of managers. Yeah, definitely. I think it's really great you also mentioned that. Um, I personally haven't heard that perspective before, so that's really great to hear. And I would love to ask you now how you define digital addiction. Um, digital addiction can be defined as a compulsive and excessive reliance on digital devices or technology, uh, which uh, interferes with the individual's daily life, productivity, and uh, overall well-being. Actually, it involves a loss of control over the use of digital devices, leading to a, a preoccupation with digital activities and a neglect of their important. Uh, neglect of other important uh, aspects of life. Uh, actually, digital addiction uh, typically manifests in various forms, such as excessive use of smartphones, social media platforms, video games, or the internet in general. Uh, individuals may feel a strong and irresistible urge to constantly engage with digital content, resulting in neglect of, neglect of responsibilities, uh, and decreased social interaction and negative impacts on physical and mental health. Uh, and also, um, I want to talk about the common signs of digital addiction because maybe you are uh, addicted to the digital technologies and you are not aware. Uh, preoccupation with digital devices or online activities leads to neglect of personal relationships, work and academic responsibilities. And uh, the second one is difficulty in controlling or limiting the time spent on digital activities, often resulting in excessive use. Uh, maybe you are losing hours uh, on, sm on your smartphone and you are not aware. Probably you are aware, but you are not accepting it. Uh, and also experiencing withdrawal symptoms, uh, irritability or anxiety when uh, unable to access digital devices or online platforms. I will mention this refers to fear of missing out from in literature uh, and neglecting self-care, sleep or healthy activities due to excessive digital engagement, uh, failed attempts to cut back or control digital uh, usage uh, despite re recognizing its negative consequences. Uh, and uh, escalating the need for more time spent on digital activities to achieve the same level of satisfaction. And uh, it is important to note that digital addiction can have detrimental effects on mental health, uh, and, uh, like digital demands, uh, and it can harm social connections and overall well-being. Seeking help and establishing healthy digital habits are crucial steps towards overcoming digital addiction and finding a balance between the digital world and real uh, life experiences. Yeah, definitely. And I know t at the beginning you mentioned that we've got this like addiction to it. How do you think we've developed a culture where we're so addicted to our phones or social media? How has that come about over time? Um, actually, no, it's not a part of our daily lives, but uh, our daily life routines equals uh, social media uh, or uh, digital technologies because uh, we need to use digital technologies to set uh, the temperature of our house 
uh, or uh, we need to use digital technologies to uh, look over our health, uh, physical well-being. We are wearing digital technologies, uh, smart devices, smart watches, smart smart necklaces, etc. Uh, and also the COVID-19 uh, precautions uh, bring uh, some um, digital addiction and more uh, digital engagement to our lives. And we get used to use uh, e-commerce uh, for um, shopping uh, and we hesitated to uh, go out and uh, touch something, touch things physically. Uh, and uh, we get more digital. Uh, I am working on the acceptance of technologies for more than 10 years and fear of uh, dying, fear of uh, getting COVID-19 virus uh, is being the most influential, most effective factor to uh, engage, to accept digital technologies, which we have never uh, thought before. Uh, we like uh, technologies. We like to watch something because it... Um, it gets your brain. Uh, you get focused in the video and you um, get lost with it. But with the help of other, uh, other, with the help of the requirements of new circumstances, comes with uh, COVID nineteen. Especially, uh, we get uh, more in digital technology, a digital world. Yeah, for sure, and. I know that you mentioned mental health before. Um, can you expand a bit more on that? Because I think it's so important, especially during COVID, like you said, um, people started using like technology, would you say as like a form of comfort and solace when yes. they didn't have like physical like connections? Um, actually, technology facilitates human life significantly. Uh, we, can, uh, we can take advantage of technology, of course. Uh, and uh, it takes uh, our tasks on and uh, technology finishes the tasks uh, nicer, better than a human being can finish it, maybe. And on the other hand, the uh, imitation of human capabilities of technology has reduced the need for the workforce in enterprises, for example, and uh, for the uh, efforts in our daily lives and uh, computers or machines have replaced people. Uh, and also with smartphones, computers, and cloud storage that can be accessed from anywhere, uh, technology relieves people by performing simple decisions or memory tasks related to everyday life. And in this context, people do not need their memories as much as, much as they do before. So uh, we, uh, we get used to use our brain uh, but now uh, we are using uh, it less than before because technology uh, takes uh, our brains' work uh, and uh, it takes all several responsibilities, especially uh, the technologies established in our daily lives, make people lazy. And uh, many yeah. people note that what they will get on their phones when they go to the market and they do not memorize phone numbers. Uh, for example, I uh, I have uh, the phone number of my house uh, in my childhood. I uh, remember the phone number of my mm, father and mother, uh, which I memorized 30 years before, 25 years before. But now 
I don't uh, know my husband's phone number, for example, because I didn't need to memorize it. I just yeah. stored it in my uh, smartphone. And uh, also we prefer smartphone agenda instead of mental agenda. In this way, the need for mental abilities is reduced and brain training loses its place in our daily lives. And uh, it's like a, a standard muscle. If you don't work it, uh, it will be lazy and it will uh, it will go down in terms of performance. Uh, and uh, at the end, uh, this uh, brings us to digital demands, which is a very frightening uh, frightening um, last for people. Uh, it refers to a sensory mismatch in the brain uh, from overutilization of technology and excessive uh, sludge sitting postures leading to signs and sy symptoms of dementia. Uh, because, uh, for example, when you are watching a video, uh, the backside of your brain uh, works uh, under stimulation of the cerebellum, uh, and it is um, here for accuracy, balance, and coordination of the uh, circumstances. Uh, but when you are watching a video, the frontal lobe uh, gets in paused mode, gets in standby mode, which is uh, here for, which is um, occupied for reading, motivation, problem solving, memory, and movement. So if you watch, uh, videos for a very long time, the frontal lobe gets in standby mode and the back lobe uh, continues to work. Uh, and this is this brings uh, digital demands problems actually for uh, our children because uh, they watch movie or they watch video uh, for a very long time. And uh, digital demands is a genuine threat and overuse of screen time. Uh, can lead to a host of uh, physical and mental issues. And there are also some uh, scientific research on this. For example, uh, in the United States, uh, teens who spend greater than three hours a day using an electronic device are 35% more likely to have a risk factor to suicide than teens who use devices less than an hour a day. And also, yeah. additionally, 71% uh, of teenagers who spend more than five hours looking at their device screens are likely to have a risk factor for suicide. Uh, I can talk uh, much on uh, uh, these problems, but uh, let's don't uh, skip digital addiction uh, and personal productivity. Yeah, definitely. And I thought it was interesting how you were talking about how like digital technologies have replaced a lot of simple human functions um, these days. Do you have any strategies that people can use to prevent or overcome digital addiction? Uh, certainly. Uh, they, can, uh, they can set digital boundaries, actually. Uh, but uh, First, uh, they should be aware that they uh, start to become digital addictive. Uh, you need to, if you want to solve a problem, uh, you should know that you have a problem. So uh, you should uh, know that the digital uh, addiction influences your personal productivity. Digital addiction harms. Uh, uh, digital addiction is 
harmful for your uh, everyday routines, for your uh, motivation, for your uh, physical uh, issues. Uh, digital addiction uh, can lead to distraction and reduced focus. Uh, and uh, it can uh, lead to time mismanagement and uh, excessive use of digital devices and platforms can consume significant chunks of time that could be allocated to more productive activities. Uh, constantly yeah. checking social media or engaging in online entertainment can lead to delays in completing tasks or meeting deadlines. And also, uh, spending excessive time on digital activities can affect cognitive abilities, such as memory, as I uh, talked. And also, it has negative impact on health and well-being. Uh, it can be harmful for your physical and mental health. Excessive screen time can contribute to uh, sedentary behavior, eye strain, and disrupted sleep patterns, which can decrease overall energy levels and impair cognitive functioning, poor mental health, including uh, in increased stress and anxiety, and uh, lack of priority prioritization uh, and goal orientation can be a, a, a problem uh, because of digital addiction. Uh, and uh, digital addiction uh, can have negative impact on your personal productivity and it is crucial to establish healthy digital habits. Uh, if uh, you want me to mention the strategies, how can you prevent or overcome uh, digital addiction? Uh, you, the first one is setting digital boundaries. Uh, yeah. Establish designated uh, times for digital device use and stick to them. For example, you can allocate specific time blocks during the day for checking emails, social media, or engaging in online activities. And you can uh, plan these uh, through your uh, digital assistance. Uh, it will say now it is social media time and it will say uh, it is ending three minutes after and uh, implement digital free zones or technology free hours in your daily routine such as during meals uh, before bedtime uh, actually before bedtime uh, is harmful for your uh, sleep or uh, during uh, focused work, work sessions uh, and uh, disable non-essential notifications and it is also mentioned in social dilemma uh, i don't remember the name but one of the former uh, directors or former managers uh, of Facebook, uh, he, he was uh, also asked, how can we prevent from uh, digital addiction and this harmful uh, aspects? And it says, actually, he says, uh, disable the notifications. Uh, so uh, it won't capture your attention. You will uh, get involved with the technology when you decide to get involved, but uh, it won't take your time uh, by... Uh, it won't decide the time that you will uh, get in touch with it. So disable the notifications on your devices to minimize distractions and interruptions. Uh, consider using apps or tools that help you to track and limit your screen time. Uh, and uh, engage in hobbies, physical activities, social interactions that do not involve digital devices. Uh, you can remember your friends, uh, getting in touch with friends, get, uh, having interviews, uh, was uh, very um, motivating 
uh, remember those good days. Uh, and also this can include activities like exercising, reading books, uh, pursuing creative product, which projects, spending time in nature, uh, connecting with friends, family, face-to-face, uh, etc. And uh, so to, if I need to conclude this, I may, uh, you need to design unplugged days or weekends where you intentionally disconnect from digital device and focus on activities that don't involve screens. Yeah, definitely. And I noticed while you were talking that there seems to be like a pattern of remaining accountable when it comes to your technology use. So based on your expertise, how can an individual model more responsible technology use? And do you have any strategies they can use to be more accountable for how they use their phone, their laptop or any device? Um. I have two accountability strategies that can help uh, people model uh, responsible technology use. One is accountability partners. Find a trusted friend, uh, a family member or colleague who shares similar goals and concerns about responsible technology use and uh, set up regular check-ins or accountability sessions where you can discuss your technology usage, challenges and progress. Uh, share specific goals or limits uh, you want to set for your technology use and ask your accountability partner to hold you responsible for sticking to those goals. Uh, Consider using apps or tools that allow you to track and share your screen time and uh, application usage data with your accountability partner, providing transparency and accountability. And uh, my uh, second uh, strategy advice would be digital detox challenges. Uh, engage in digital detox challenges with a group of like-minded individuals or uh, true-line communities focused on responsibility, actually responsible technology use. Uh, set specific timeframes for the challenge, uh, such as a week or a month, where you commit to reducing uh, or eliminating certain digital activities. Share your progress, experiences, insights with the group or community, uh, fostering a sense of supporting and uh, accountability uh, and consider creating a, maybe a reward system for successfully completing the challenge. Uh, this could be motivating, such as treating yourself to a favorite activity or item, but uh, the a reward uh, mustn't be buying an iPhone, buying a new <laughs> smartphone. Uh, yeah. These strategies work by incorporating social support and external accountability, which can be effective in uh, promoting responsible technology use because sometimes you need the help of other people because you are uh, lack of uh, controlling your uh, technology engaged time so we need um, uh, responsible friends yeah i love this idea of an accountability partner i think that's so great because i'm sure if you're going through digital addiction your friends are too so you can buddy up together and um try help curb your digital addiction together, which is really great. So thank you for sharing that with us. And before you mentioned this idea of withdrawal, and I know a lot of us know that substance addiction um, has withdrawals. How does that work with like digital addiction? What does withdrawal look like? Um, Actually, the notion that digital addiction is different from substance addiction and doesn't cause withdrawals uh, is not entirely accurate. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, while there are differences between the two two types of addiction, digital addiction can indeed lead to withdrawal symptoms in some individuals. It is important to note that the severity and manifest 
manifestation of withdrawal symptoms can vary from person to person. Uh, and uh, withdrawal symptoms associated with digital addiction may include irritability and restless uh, when unable to access digital devices or engage in online activities and uh, anxiety or a sense of unease when separated from digital technology, difficulty in focusing and or concentrating on tasks without the presence of digital stimuli and uh, strong cravings to check notifications, social media or engage in online interactions, uh, physical symptoms like headaches, insomnia or changes in appetite when attempting to reduce digital usage. Uh, while the withdrawal symptoms of digital addiction may not be as physically severe uh, as those experienced with substance addiction, uh, they can still be significant and impact an individual's well-being and functioning. Regarding myths about uh, digital addiction, uh, there are some misconceptions. Uh, for example, digital addiction only affects young people or specific demographics. This is a myth. This is not real. In reality, Digital addiction can impact individuals of all ages and backgrounds. It is not limited to a particular group. And also, digital addiction is a personal weakness or lack of willpower. This is not true. Uh, the reality is, digital addiction is a complex phenomenon uh, influenced by various factors, including the design of technologies, psychological factors, and environmental influences. Uh, it is not solely a matter of personal weakness. Uh, and uh, people say only excessive gaming or social media use can lead to digital addiction. This is also wrong. The reality is while gaming and social media are commonly associated with digital addiction, any form of excessive and compulsive digital device use can contribute to addiction. And this includes activities like excessive browsing, streaming, or compulsive smartphone uh, use. And the last one is digital addiction is harmless and doesn't have significant consequences. If you are talk if you're thinking like this, uh, I can confess, I can promise it is wrong. Uh, the, real the reality is digital addiction can have significant negative consequences on mental health, relationships, productivity, and overall uh, well-being. It is important to recognize and address it to maintain a healthy and balanced lifestyle. Yeah, for sure. And moving on into our more practical side, I think it would be great to expand on what you said by bringing in your personal experience. So are there practices that you use when it comes to preventing digital addiction? Um, determining the most effective practice to prevent digital addiction can vary from person to person. Uh, however, uh, one commonly recognized and effective practice, and also I like to practice this, is setting clear boundaries for digital device usage because it is uh, easy. Uh, you will have a start time and uh, a finish time. Uh, and uh, this practice this practice involves establishing specific guidelines and limits on when and how and how much time you will spend on using uh, digital devices. Uh, maybe um, you can design specific times for device usage or like I said before, create technology-free zone or period. Uh, I prefer to uh, design uh, special specific times for device usage 
uh, I prefer to use device uh, when I get uh, very exhausted from work, uh, especially at lunchtime. Uh, I don't prefer to eat much on lunchtime, but I like to get involved in my uh, smartphone or getting a digital, uh, getting digital world, let's say. Uh, but uh, when I come home, uh, I don't use uh, digital technologies. I don't uh, even touch my smartphone because uh, if I get uh, in this um, digital world, I it is uh, easy to get lost in it, and then uh, I I get far away from my family, uh, and the uh, the communication quality uh, decreases. I can feel it. I'm aware of it, uh, so I I don't I prefer to uh, use digital devices at specific hours and uh, at specific locations, and not at home. Yeah, definitely. And I think you've got so much awareness around this, which is really important. But for people struggling to even realize that they've got a digital addiction, what are like the first steps that you've maybe used or you can suggest that people use to kind of gain more awareness around how digital technology is impacting their life? Uh, actually, there are so much challenges when you need when you decide to do these practices. Uh, for example, temptation and fear of missing out. For more, it can be challenging to resist the temptation to check notifications, social media, or engage in online activities. Uh, so it can be hard to uh, follow the boundaries. It is easy to set boundaries, but it is hard to uh, follow them. So uh, like we uh, mentioned before, you maybe uh, it makes it easier to have uh, a friend or a colleague uh, who is checking if you uh, if you follow the rules of uh, getting in digital uh, connection with your devices. Uh, so uh, you will report uh, your uh, digital engagement, digital activities to your friend uh, or family member or colleague. Uh, and also he or she will report uh, himself or uh, him or her uh, activities. Uh, and uh, this can be motivating. Uh, it is uh, like a digital detox challenge. Uh, you should have a, a carrot. You should have a reward to get uh, over this um get over this uh, hard task following the boundaries uh, and uh, the frequency with uh, which people practice setting clear boundaries for digital device usage can uh, vary greatly uh, it depends on your individual preferences actually for example i don't use telephone, I don't use smartphone or uh, technological devices at all, but maybe uh, you need to use them at all. For example, uh, you have um, an unhealthy family member, so you should check your phone uh, in uh, in daily, in hourly basis maybe. So uh, it depends on your individual preferences, lifestyle, work demands and personal goals. Uh, some individuals uh, may practice uh, having digital detox on daily basis, while others may adopt it as a weekly or periodic routine. Uh, 
but uh, I prefer uh, technology-free weekends and technology-free uh, home hours. Yeah, amazing. And with practices like this, like with boundary setting, for example, would you recommend that everyone adopt this practice or do you think it's important to find what works for you as an individual? Uh, actually, uh, it changes from uh, person to person because uh, while setting boundaries for digital device usage, uh, it can be beneficial for many individuals, whether or not to adopt this practice ultimately depends on personal preferences, lifestyle, specific circumstances. Uh, individual needs and goals uh, are important. The suitability of this practice varies based on your needs and goals. Uh, maybe uh, you have professions or responsibilities that require constant connectivity, uh, while others may prioritize minimizing digital distractions to enhance productivity or focus on personal well-being. So you need to consider your own needs and goals to determine if setting boundaries aligns with your desired outcomes. And also uh, certain professions uh, certain professions or academic persons may necessitate a frequent digital engagement or connectivity. In such cases, it may be challenging to implement strict boundaries. However, even in these situations, finding ways to manage and optimize technology use can still be valuable. Uh, and uh, if you find yourself experiencing, uh, experiencing uh, negative effects of excessive digital use, such as decreased productivity, disrupted sleep patterns, or impaired social interactions, uh, setting boundaries may be particularly beneficial uh, because it can help uh, restore balance uh, and mitigate the negative impacts of technology on your well-being. Uh, and uh, some individuals naturally prefer or function well with less technology use, while others may feel more comfort comfortable with a higher level of digital engagement. So you need to consider your own preference and lifestyle to determine the extent to which setting boundaries allies with your values and lifestyle. Because uh, I don't mean uh, to say uh, digital technology equals a very harmful, very bad thing and it doesn't have any advantages. I'm not saying this because actually my area is management information systems. I'm I'm, I'm focused on information systems. I've, I focus on the uh, advances of uh, advantages of technologies in our lives. Uh, but uh, we need to have a balance. And if you believe that uh, setting boundaries can positively impact your productivity, well-being and overall quality of life, I would recommend exploring this practice uh, and experimenting with different strategies that work for you. It can be helpful to start with small steps and gradually adjust your digital habits based on your experiences and feedbacks. If you are so digital addicted, uh, addictive, uh, maybe you can start with just one hour, one hour without uh, any uh, digital notification. One hour without uh, videos uh, and uh, smartphone-related uh, experiences. Only one hour a day. You can start yeah. with this. Yeah, definitely. And how do you think that implementing boundary setting in your life has changed your personal productivity? Uh, actually, uh, I can see uh, the change in my productivity uh, because... For example, by setting boundaries, 
uh, I created dedicated time for focused work and activities without the distraction of digital devices. And this enhanced my ability to concentrate, stay focused, and accomplish tasks more effect more efficiently. Uh, and uh, also, I am an ADHD survivor, and uh, digital getting in uh, so much in relation with digital technology is really so harmful for uh, ADHD survivors for uh, mm-hmm. attraction disorder was the uh, long form for ADHD uh, attraction disorder. Uh, and hyperactivity disorder. Yeah, something like that. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, I've forgotten too. I, I, I know the Turkish form, uh, <laughs> but ADHD survivors will uh, capture it, so it doesn't matter. Uh, and uh, setting boundaries, uh, attraction, deficit, hyperactivity disorder. Thank you, studio, for helping me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, setting boundaries allows, uh, allows me to create a clear separation between work and personal life. Uh, and uh, especially working from home uh, because of COVID uh, the, um, and the, the university education, uh, we gave it from our houses. Uh, distance education uh, was a shape, uh, be a part of our life with COVID. And so uh, work life and a uh, personal life balance uh, actually it is faded uh, but uh, now uh, if we set boundaries uh, then we can uh, set a clear separation between work and personal life maybe uh, because then we won't come um, distance workers uh, because when you look at your emails or your work related issues when you're at home that actually you are distance working uh, if we design specific times for device usage and offline activities, uh, we can better manage our time. I'm uh, managing my time uh, in a better way and prevent work from uh, home and uh, harming my personal life. And this promotes a healthier a healthy work-life balance for me and help me to recharge and engage in activities that bring me joy and fulfillment. Uh, and also, uh, it increased my uh, mindfulness and well-being, uh, being a little bit far from digital technologies. Uh, for example, I hesitate to watch me- movies and videos uh, when I'm uh, at home. Uh, and establishing boundaries for digital device usage encouraged me to be more present in the current moment. Uh, by reducing distraction and interruption from technology, uh, I cultivated a greater sense of mindfulness and engaged more fully activities, relationships, experiences, and this contributed to improved well-being, reduced stress, uh, and uh, increased my uh, overall life satisfaction and also strengthened my relationships. Uh, I created opportunities for meaningful interactions and connections with others, my family members, my friends. Uh, and uh, I engaged, I started to engage in deeper conversations, uh, strengthen my relationships and foster a sense of belonging. And uh, this motivated me 
uh, and this uh, leads to a more fulfilling personal relationship uh, and greater sense of collectedness for me. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing your personal experience with us. I think it's really great to have that personal experience to back up like everything we've been talking about as well. And I'm sure a lot of people listening will be able to find that relatable as well. I'd love to move into some questions that we have from the audience now. And my first one is, are there any long-term consequences of chronic digital addiction on our attention span? Yes, a chronic digital addiction minimizes our uh, focusing uh, time span because uh, like in a digital demands, like I mentioned in this part, uh, it, um, it, decreases, uh, it decreases our um, uh, focus time because we cannot focus on something, uh, for example, for more than uh, five minutes because uh, we get bored because uh, our brain get used to see uh, changing images, uh, changing images in uh, digital games, changing images in the videos, and uh, it it um, it comes boring to us to just uh, looking at the uh, looking at a sl- slower image. So uh, we cannot uh, we we cannot listen to a. Per- person, for example, in a course or in a meeting for a long time, uh, we uh, start to think about uh, other issues uh, and we find uh, other ways to uh, to distract our mind, maybe. Uh, actually, it, uh, you can be sure that it minimizes the uh, focusing time spent and it is also very harmful for uh, children and teenagers because because they should be focused uh, for at least 20 or 30 minutes to uh, understand what the teacher uh, or the faculty member is talking about. Yeah, definitely. And I think it kind of links into the next question, which is what are some of the cognitive and psychological effects of digital addiction on, for example, our concentration or ability to retain information or just stay focused in our work? Uh, actually, uh, we cannot we cannot get uh, we cannot get focused for a long time if we are digital addictive. And also we have a uh, social problems uh, because we uh, we we forget how to get uh, in touch with people actually i'm uh, observing this uh, in my uh, students uh, they can write nice emails uh, they can get in touch through uh, chat boxes but they uh, are not good at talking face to face this is a problem actually because uh, if you are a human being uh, getting in communication uh, and talking face to face is uh, one of our most uh, important uh, abilities. Mm. And with technology uh, addiction, uh, uh, we forgot uh, this uh, feature of our um, feature of our body, feature of our brain. Because if you uh, if you don't do exercise, if you uh, don't exercise your brain, if you don't exercise uh, looking eye to eye, then uh, you forget it, and you cannot. You you can when you look at the children, uh, when you look at adults and teenagers, 
uh, it is so sad to say, but uh, they cannot get in communication for uh, longer than 10 minutes. They cannot talk like us. For example, now we are talking for more than one hour maybe, but you cannot talk with uh, a person uh, between 18 and 25 years old uh, for uh, this long time because they uh, lose uh, their focus uh, and also they uh, they get bored when talking. Yeah, definitely. And I think seeing the impact on our attention spans, it's been so detrimental to society. And I think it's really great that you've brought that up. And there is such a disconnect, like you said, due to the prevalence of digital technologies. And it's made it easier for us to connect online. But as a result, we've like lost a sense of ourselves in real yes, life. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, uh, there are very uh, great problems in terms of memory. Uh, like you said, uh, it uh, decreases your uh, attention time span and uh, also it can have impact on both short-term and long-term memory uh, and uh, constant multitasking and uh, divided attention. Uh, common in excessive digital device use can uh, lead to uh, encoding and consolidating maybe new information into memory and furthermore heavy reliance on digital device for, device for storing information can reduce the use of active memory processes potentially affecting memory recall abilities your memory forgets how to recall something so you uh, you don't lose your long-term memory for a very long time. So it is unused. So it is uh, it's in dust now. Yeah, for sure. And I think that it's just so important to realize how it's impacted the way our minds work as well. I think it's so hard to step back sometimes and see how digital addiction has actually affected us because we're so like ingrained into different practices, like being on our phones, which for such a long period of time. So the conversation we're having today is super important and super relevant in our society today with this massive social media culture. So it's been great that we've been able to talk about that. Now, before we wrap up, I would love to talk about our open mic section with you and give you a chance to talk about anything that you're passionate about. So is there anything you'd love to share with us? Uh, actually, uh, I don't want to talk about uh, sad or uh, negative things, but uh, because we are talking about digital addiction and it's a problem, uh, I will continue to talk about a uh, pessimistic uh, perspective uh, to the digital uh, era. Uh, I want to uh, remind that technology facilitates human life significantly, uh, maybe uh, alleviates the burden of uh, individuals on some issues or takes on the tasks altogether. But uh, on the other hand, the imitation of human capabilities uh, of technology has reduced the need for the workforce uh, in enterprises and also in our daily lives. So uh, with smartphones, computers and uh, cloud, etc., that can be accessed from anywhere if you have internet. Uh, technology relieves people 
by performing simple decisions or memory tasks related to everyday life. And in this context, people will not need their memories as much as, much as they do before. And uh, they, um, the technology actually helps us, but we uh, try to, we should try to make the balance uh, between technology and uh, human uh, tasks to not be lazy. Uh, and uh, we should uh, try to memorize, for example, the things that we are going to buy from the market. Uh, we should uh, try to memorize the phone numbers. Uh, maybe we shouldn't prefer smartphone agenda uh, and we should prefer mental agenda. Uh, because if we do not do these, the need for mental abilities uh, is reduced and brain training loses its place in our daily lives. And uh, this brings many health problems. Uh, and uh, I lost my mother um, eight years ago be uh, because of uh, demands, frontotemporal demands. Uh, of course, she was not uh, so much engaged with uh, digital technologies, but I know that demands, uh, forgetting things, uh, cannot remember what he or she will say. These kind of problems are uh, the worst problems maybe uh, a human can face uh, through uh, his or her life. Uh, because if you have cancer, uh, you can overcome it or uh, you can maybe you will fail and uh, your life will end. For example, my grandmother was uh, died because of cancer, but my mother uh, survived with uh, demands for seven years. My grandmother uh, died in six months because of cancer, but my mother, who was a pharmacist uh, and uh, he was engaged in social life, uh, her death took seven years. Uh, she, um, she lost her memory step by step. The brain was working, but the frontotemporal lobe was um, was uh, not working properly. So uh, the problem started with um, with uh, forgetting the words that uh, she she should use. She was saying, um, what was the word? She was saying this uh, most of the time. And I see, uh, I um, I lived uh, with a demands a person and it is very problematic it is very sad very negative issue uh, and when you see this you uh, understand that the advantages of technology okay there are so much advantages you can set up the temperature you can uh, set uh, automatic meetings uh, you can do so much thing, thing automatically but uh, when we come on the dark side, the back side of uh, the technology, uh, getting um, in less, uh, getting less brain exercises, making less memory exercises, bring uh, many health problems. And demands is not uh, easy. Demands is not an easy problem. Uh, Memory-related uh, health problems are the worst problems, in my opinion. Uh, the damages of also 
uh, the, the damages of radiation emitted by technological products and especially mobile phones on the other parts of the body, especially the brain, are not known but have been discussed for years. And neuroscientists have concluded that only the back region of the brain is functioning and the other regions are operating at a lower level during the time spent watching content on mobile phone or watching content. If you are watching a content, this part is working. But this part, uh, the frontal temporal lobe, is uh, working at a lower level. As a result of these findings, the concept of digital demands has emerged. And uh, the, the concept of digital demands is interpreted differently by scientists from different disciplines. Neuroscientists study the functions and active passive states of brain lobes. On the other uh, hand, uh, techno-scientists use this concept based on the finding that technology weakens human memory. But uh, most of the time they say, uh, yes, uh, your memory is weakened maybe, but uh, your uh, energy, your effort in terms of technological uh, world, uh, your CPU is uh, located on other businesses. Technological uh, scientists say this, but uh, I'm not on this side. Uh, they should say things like that because you uh, you should continue to buy technological tools. But uh, please be aware that there are different perspectives on the concept of digital demands. Please uh, try to uh, read the uh, the comments the taught the blogs of neuroscientists about digital demands uh, and uh, please be aware of what you are losing. Yes, you are losing your family. Yes, you are losing your friends. Yes, you are losing your productivity. Uh, you are losing human specific abilities like getting in communication, working face to face, hugging, feeling the warmness of somebody else and also uh, if these uh, social issues are not important for you, please be aware that you are losing your uh, mind, you are losing your memory. And I promise, I think this is the worst thing a human can face to his or her life, having brain-related uh, health issues. Definitely. And thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us as well as your personal experience. That was really great. And that's all we've got time for today. But thank you, Ghoulas, for joining us and contributing to the much needed conversation surrounding digital technology and digital addiction. And for those of us who want to find out more about you, where can we go? Uh, you can search for my name. Uh, and you can find my uh, email address, my Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, or Twitter accounts. Uh, I'm uh, I hesitate to be a digital uh, addictive, but of course I have uh, social media accounts, uh, and also uh, they can read my articles about digital demands or digital addiction. Uh, but uh, if they are looking for uh, further information or maybe if people uh, wants to share their uh, digital uh, addiction related problems with me, uh, please do not hesitate to get in touch. Sorry, do not hesitate to get in touch with me through my email. I'm checking it 
uh, every time because the notifications are open. Uh, my email notifications are always open. But of course, when I'm sleeping, I won't look at, look at them. So please free, feel free to uh, get uh, in touch, write email whenever you want. I will look at them when I am available. Beautiful. Thank you so much again for being here. And we also have Gulas' details in the description below. And to everyone listening, please don't forget to like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And until next time, thank you guys. You have been listening to Work in Progress, the personal productivity science insights podcast produced by Life Management Science Labs. Listen to episodes from LMSL's 10 Life Management Perspectives on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or other podcasting apps on your smartphone. If you enjoyed this show, please consider rating our show, sharing it, and subscribing to our channel as it helps other people find it and us grow to bring you more quality resources. More of our work can be found on our website, pp.lmsl.net, where you can join our movement. I'm Joanna. Thanks for tuning in.